for listening to the ninth episode of the Balanced Working Moms podcast. I'm Rena Misha, and I am here to help you feel more balanced. If you're a busy mom juggling it all, you're absolutely in the right place. In this podcast, you'll hear so many ways to make your life calmer, more organized, and most importantly, easier. In this episode, we're going to discuss why parenting can be so incredibly exhausting, but the answer may not be what you're thinking. We're also going to talk about how to make parenting so much more enjoyable and less stressful, both for you and for your kids. Hello and welcome again. It is so great to be talking with you and being in your ears. I enjoy this time so much, and I'm glad you're here. I feel like just by us having these conversations, we are making change in this world. Today's topic is so huge, and it's something so many people never think about. And if you do nothing today except for just listen, just keep listening to this podcast, your thoughts may change, and it may change things in the future, and it's just such a cool thing. So I am very, very glad that you're here. I'm honored that you're here and that you're listening, and I'm excited to hear what you think about this topic and whether it may change the way you parent. So I am a Generation X mom, and this means that I was a kid in the 80s, and the 80s were a beautiful time, and I still listen to 80s music. And I have these amazing memories as a child. I actually remember even what age I was, but it was starting in fourth grade. I was about age nine or 10. There are some things that I did all the time, and they just bring me so much joy when I think back to them. And I'm wondering, did you do these too? Whether you were a kid in the 1980s, 1990s, whenever you were a kid, did you do these things? So here's what I did when I was about age nine or 10. First of all, I would stay home alone all day. And get this, we didn't have a TV. So I would literally be home alone with nobody else in the house all day, starting in fourth grade when I was nine years old, okay? By the way, I loved being home alone and I still do to this day. When I was in fourth grade, I used to also walk to the library by myself. And there were some really busy roads to get there. It wasn't like it was just down the street. I had to cross some really big roads and a lot of places didn't have sidewalks and I would walk there and I love to walk there and I still like walking today. Isn't this funny? So as I'm telling you all the things that I did when I was that young, they're still a part of me today. Like that is when I developed this joy in doing these things, this joy in being alone, in walking, and just being independent. Let me tell you another thing. When I was in fourth grade, my parents did not remind me to do my homework. They did not remind me. And what happened? Often, my homework didn't get done. Now, I'm curious if this happened with you too. When you were a kid, did your parents remind you to do homework? And if not, what happened? Another thing that I did when I was in fourth grade was I folded the laundry for the entire family and I put it away. And I just want to add that I didn't whine. I didn't fuss. It was just my job. I know I didn't like to do it, but I did it. I also got out all my own snacks and drinks and I put them away when I'm done. 
And it's so funny because I think back now and it wouldn't even have occurred to me to even ask my mom or my dad, can you please get me some water? Like they would have looked at me like I had alien ears. So things were different back in the 80s. And I loved it. I loved being independent. I loved going to the library anytime I wanted and there was nobody with me. So I could choose my books. I could take however long I wanted at the library. And on the way to the library, I could stop at the drugstore and buy something. I could get some shampoo or whatever it was that I needed. I could do that all on my own. And still to this day, I love to walk and I love to do things on my own. I love feeling the wind and the fresh air. It reminds me of those first days of freedom. Now, as you know, especially if you live in the U.S., maybe not if you live in other countries, but giving that much independence to kids is a rarity. This does not happen, right? This kind of parenting would almost look neglectful in these days, right? And I want to share a story about something that happened in our community. There was such a talk over it, you wouldn't believe, but this mom allowed her kids to walk home. And from what I remembered, I think it was a very busy road. There were sidewalks, but the kids were pretty young. I think they were only six and 10, but they were able to walk alone wherever they were going. And you know what happened? Can you guess? Someone called Child Protective Services and the parents had to prove that they weren't neglectful to get their kids back. When this happened, let me tell you, Facebook was like on fire. People in my community, they had such strong opinions. Some people said she did right. Some people said she did wrong. There was so much discussion. And I think the best part that came out of all of this was the discussion. Because how should we parent kids? When I was that age, when I was 10, I was walking on busy streets and nobody cared. Trust me, the streets were busy enough that hundreds of people would have seen me and nobody cared. But now, not only do people care, but Child Protective Services is called. Now, I don't blame whoever called in the complaint because this person didn't mean any harm. She was simply reflecting the culture of our society, right? So we're not going to say, oh, it was this one person. No, she was just reflecting the way people think these days. So I'm glad this happened because it sparked so much discussion. And by the way, just to end the story so you don't worry, the parents were able to get their children out of custody. I believed it happened again a second time. The kids were taken into custody again, and then after that, the county created a new policy saying they would not be involved unless the children are harmed or at a substantial risk of harm. So policy was changed because of this. So this is a pretty big thing, and I think the discussion it sparks is so important, and that's why I'm relaying the story to you. So soon after this event occurred, I was listening to a podcast, and I wish I could tell you which podcast it was. I thought it was a certain one, and I went back and I listened, but it wasn't. But anyway, I remember it clear as day. I heard the speaker talking about a trend. She was explaining that kids these days entering college were as delicate as teacups. She literally called them teacups because at the slightest challenge, what she observed was these kids would crack like a delicate teacup. 
And I remember that moment when I heard her explain about college students today and using this teacup analogy. And I remember feeling the blood rushing to my face. And I thought, oh my gosh, I may be guilty of this too. Because let me tell you, I am not raising my kids how I was raised. My kids are not walking to the library themselves. It is quite a bit further, but still, I knew listening to this that I had been influenced by our society, that I was also being too delicate with my kids. I was protecting them too much. And I knew after listening to this that I had to start paying attention. If you live in the United States without even realizing it, you may have picked up on this overparenting trend. You know what? It's part of the culture. It's what we see on TV and everybody around us is doing it. It's everywhere. It's the media. It's everything we see. And we don't want to be a mediocre mom, right? We want to be a wonderful mom. We want to be the best mom. We want our kids to tell us, thank you, mom. You're awesome. You are the best mom I could ever have. So it's no wonder we're always exhausted, right? I mean, why should we have to be reminded to do self-care, right? Why is that a big deal these days? It's because we are doing too much. We are doing too much and it's not good for our kids. And me included, I am not sitting here lecturing you. It is all of us. I am talking about what our culture has done to parenting. And overparenting is exhausting, right? It is physically exhausting when we do things for our kids that they can be doing themselves. But you know what? More than that physical exhaustion of cleaning up after them or whatever it is we're doing that they should be doing, it's the mental exhaustion that's getting us, right? As I said that, I just paused because I was just picturing you listening to this podcast and going, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, and raising your hand and saying, that is me. I am mentally exhausted. Because that's how we all feel. We feel like everything is on us and we're always complaining. We're angry at our spouse. We're angry at our kids. We feel like our minds are so full that they're just going to explode. The weight of the world is on our shoulders and it's this constant worry and that's what depletes us. We think, what if school starts and I don't have time to buy my kids their school clothes? What if my kid has a huge assignment and doesn't finish on time? The what if and what if and what if it just keeps going. And that's what drains us. We feel like we're always on because we're worried about the next thing we need to do, but not just us. The next thing our kids need to do, the next thing our husband needs to do. And let me tell you, my mom was a warrior. She still is a warrior. Let me just tell you, She did not lose sleep on whether or not I had enough clothes to wear or whether I had an assignment done on time. She just didn't worry about those things because that was for me to worry about. That was for the child to take care of, not for her. I mean, she worried about so much other stuff. She worried about my health and so much other things, but she didn't worry about the mundane things that I was supposed to worry about. She didn't worry about the things that we all worry about nowadays, the things that are making us so crazy and so exhausted. If what I'm telling you feels like truth and it is resonating with you, I want to tell you that the one way you can feel calm and more at ease every day is by doing less. 
just imagine if you didn't have the weight of the world, or at least all of your kids' problems, on your shoulders. You would be a different person. You wouldn't be that person that has constant worry and stress. I mean, of course, I'm not going to tell you you're not going to have worry and stress. You would shut down this podcast right now. That's just not possible. But what I'm saying is the less you do for your kids within reason, right? We're not talking about neglect. The more space and ease you'll have in your life. And you know I want that for you. You know I do. But if I'm saying this and you say, it's impossible or I feel guilty, don't think about yourself. Do it for your kids. You want your kids to grow up and be independent. That's our job, right? As a mom, we're not raising children. We are raising future adults. So we need to give our kids the opportunity to practice being an adult, right? As I see it, now you may disagree with me and that's fine, but I see it as that's part of my job. It's not my job to do everything for my kids. It's my job to teach them so that they could do things on their own. And we have the best of intentions, right? We are just trying to make it through. We're trying to make sure they do their homework. We're trying to make sure they're fed. They wake up on time. All the things because we think that's our job, right? We think that's what we're supposed to do. That's what mothers do. But that's not what adults do, right? I don't have somebody helping me get up in the morning. Okay, so maybe sometimes my husband does kick me out of bed. But for the most part, I'm an adult, so I just do what needs to be done, right? Just like what you do. You clean your house, you do all the things that you need to do, and nobody reminds you to do it. Right now, you may be listening and you may say, oh my gosh, you're crazy, Rena. If I don't remind my kids to do their homework, they're not going to do it, and they're going to go to school without their homework done. Okay, so pause right there. They're going to go to school without their homework done. What's going to happen if that happens? Maybe they'll get a bad grade. Maybe their teacher will tell them, you need to do your homework. There will probably be a consequence. Maybe yes, maybe no. But here's what's going to happen. Your child will learn that he or she made a mistake. And you know what? Maybe next time they'll want to do their homework without you nudging them. Wouldn't that be nice? And it may take them a long time to learn. It may not happen the first time or the second time they don't do it, or the third time. So I told you my story that my parents didn't tell me to do my homework when I was in fourth grade. They didn't tell me when I was in fifth grade. They never told me to do my homework. And when I was younger, I didn't do it. But then when I got older, I did it on my own. And now those are the skills that I use as an adult, right? I'm organized. I get this podcast out. I go to work, I do the important things that need to be done because I made those mistakes when I was younger. I had a lot of natural consequences. And let me tell you, my friend, it was not fun. Frankly, it was embarrassing at times, right? You don't do your homework and other things that you don't do. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. But I learned and I became a very organized adult because of this. And look at me now, right? I'm actually helping you with this. And it was because I failed. So letting kids fail is actually a gift. But let me tell you, it's harder for us than it is for them, right? We agonize. I don't want my kid going to school without doing her homework. I worry about her. 
I worry I'm going to get a call from the teacher and I'm going to be the one to deal with the teacher. There's a lot I worry about, but I also know that by letting my kids make a mistake, they are going to learn from it and they're going to grow. Now, I want to clarify that the example I used was just an example. It's just what happened to me when I was younger, so that's why I'm sharing it. I'm not telling you, don't remind your kids to do their homework. I'm just sharing a story that happened with me when I learned how to deal with the natural consequences. I don't want to presume to tell you how to raise your kids. My intention of sharing the story is to just show you a different way of thinking, that by letting your kids fail, you could actually set them up for success. So it's okay to let them make mistakes. It's okay to let them have natural consequences. Do it in whichever way you feel is right. But know that by them just experiencing life, it is so good for them. So incredibly good. And I also want to tell you that this way of thinking is new for me. So I'm making mistakes. I'm still accidentally overparenting, but I'm really working on myself. And I'm going to tell you in a few minutes what I'm doing to really help myself stop overparenting. First, though, before we get into that, I want to introduce you to some beautiful work. It's by Julie Lithcott Hames, and she wrote an amazing book called How to Raise an Adult. Isn't that such a great name for a book? How to Raise an Adult. And it's by Julie Lithcott Hames. I first heard her on a podcast, and then I looked at her TED Talk. And you have got to watch her TED Talk. You may not have time to read her whole book, but please, please watch her TED Talk, and I am going to link to it on the show notes below. Julie Lithcott Hames was the freshman dean at Stanford University, and she noticed that kids entering college, and not just Stanford, this is all colleges seemed less and less able to think and do for themselves. Parents were handling things that in the past, college kids would handle on their own. And she noticed this more and more every year. And she talks about this concept of overparenting. And I highly recommend that you read the book. It is a long book though. So if you don't have time for that, at least take in her TED Talk because her TED Talk is so incredibly amazing and it's not long. And when I checked before this podcast, It had about four and a half million views on that TED Talk. So this is a really hot topic and I'm really happy that it is. But I want to share that I was so fortunate in the timing and I don't believe in coincidences, but I just happened to read the book right after one of my kids came home from a bad camp experience. I don't want to go into what the experience was, but she had a very negative time at camp. Thank goodness it wasn't anything severe. It wasn't abuse or anything that was really, really bad. It was in the normal range, but it still wasn't pleasant. And she was depressed about it. And actually, I was a bit depressed about it too. It was really sad and I was sad for her. And then I had this very book on reserve at the library and it came up for me. And I read it right after my daughter came home from camp. And I learned from the book, right when I'm telling you, that it's actually good for kids when bad things happen to them in childhood, because then they learn to be resilient and grow, right? I want to clarify a very, very important point here. This podcast, when we talk about something bad happening to our kids, 
we are absolutely, absolutely not talking about abuse, okay? We are just talking about normal, everyday bad things that happen, like somebody saying something not nice to you or working really, really hard and still not getting an A on a test or project. I hate it when that happens, right? It's so normal. You work really hard and you still bomb something. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. We are not talking about bullying or abuse or anything severe, because in this podcast, we would not presume to even touch that. So I wanted to explain that important point before we went forward. We are just talking about everyday things, everyday annoyances that are really hard to deal with. And in many cases, parents try to protect their kids from dealing with these little tiny annoyances. So if nothing bad ever happens to you and life is smooth and your parents take care of everything, how do you learn to deal with hardship when you're older? And that's what she was finding with the college kids, that they would encounter something difficult and they wouldn't know how to deal with it. So after the bad camp experience, the first thing that I did was I empathized with my daughter. I told her I understood what happened and it wasn't her fault. And I just sat there and I was with her and I understood her. But then I waited about a week, right? I gave her some time. And then I told her that even though camp didn't go well, I told her I was so incredibly proud of her. I told her she made the best of the situation and I had her tell me ways where she was resilient despite the circumstances. And she came up with ideas that I never even would have thought of. And it was such a joy to see her light up and actually feel great about herself after this terrible camp experience. Thank you, Julie Lithcott Hames. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, because if not for your book, I wouldn't have known how to handle it. Because see, as a mom, I needed to know that it was okay for bad things to happen to kids, right? It's okay for her to have a bad camp experience. As an adult, we know bad experiences are going to happen. We can't protect ourselves from them, yet we try to protect our kids from them. And I almost want to cry even telling you the story because now instead of my child having this negative memory about her experience, by talking about how it made her resilient, it actually did the opposite. It made her feel proud of herself. And that is such a beautiful gift. And I am so thankful to the author of this book for creating such a beautiful book. And you have to go see the TED Talk. So maybe after listening to all this, you're thinking, Maybe it's okay to let my children fail. Maybe I don't have to do everything for them. So how do I start? So if you know me and if you've listened to any podcast that I've ever done, you know how I do things. I do things slowly, okay? The first thing that I did was I actually had a really frank discussion with my kids. I told them what I learned about overparenting and I explained to them about the concept of a teacup. I told them that I didn't want them to grow up to be this fragile teacup. I don't want them to break at the smallest problem. I wanted them to be hard and resilient. And they got it. And it's funny because now in our family, if they do something hard, they'll say, of course, mommy, I'm no teacup. But what I did was I explained this to them and then I slowly drew back, okay? I didn't just stop doing everything all at once because I want there to be peace in my household. (laughs) So I didn't do everything at once. I started doing things kind of the Montessori way. 
and I made adjustments in my household so my kids could do things on their own. They could get their own snacks, their own drinks, small things like that. And at first, my kids did not like it. They're like, mommy, why aren't you doing these things for us? And I would explain to them, I don't want any teacups in this household. And they would get it, but they didn't like it at first. But now it's just natural in our family. They do the things on their own and I'm slowly adding more to it. Julie Lithcott Haynes also recommends that you give your kids chores. She had some research where she explains that chores are actually one of the most important things you could do to help them be more successful and happy when they're older. Isn't that funny? So when people have chores, they really build their confidence and it makes them happier adults because they learn to just get down and do things. I personally find that chore charts don't work in my household. I'm guessing they don't work for you either. So what I have for you is I prepared a printable for you with some ideas from experts on how to get your kids to do chores. And I'll just give you a hint and I'm going to tell you it's not about rewards and it's not about chore charts. It's about building it into the family, building routines and not rewarding your kids every time they do what they're supposed to do. So you and I are going to work on that together. And I'm just so excited because this style of parenting that I'm talking about, which is not over-parenting, is what they do in many other countries. And it's what we used to do in the United States till recently. And it's totally win-win. It's good for us and it's good for our kids. And I'm excited at bringing this change to our family. Like I said, it's hard at first, but in the end, it is so much better Think of my daughter who now thinks about her camp experience and feels proud of herself instead of depressed. That is a beautiful gift. Thank you so much for listening. I am so thankful you're here with me. Don't forget to get your freebie in the show notes below. And the biggest thing that I can ask of you is if you enjoyed this podcast and you learned something and maybe you changed just a little bit. Please share this with a friend because we have a lot of work to do and I can't do it alone. Thank you again for listening and all the best.